We're back in the Gospel of John. We have uh, been start, started a series in the Gospel of John back uh, several months ago, and then we took about three weeks out to do some uh, kind of special services. But we're back in the Gospel of John. We're in chapter 4. By the way, do you remember? It's been so long. Do you remember what I said the key word in the Gospel of John is? Anybody remember? It's the word believe, believe. And it's used uh, over and over and over. In fact, John says the reason he wrote the letter, the reason that he wrote this gospel was so that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Son of God, and that by believing in him, we might have eternal life. So this is, in a sense, it's a gospel track. The whole gospel of John is written for that one purpose, to bring us to a place where we truly believe with all of our heart that Jesus is who he said he was. And it's so important for us to do that. So throughout the gospel, and John is so different from the other gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're called the synoptic gospel. It means that to look at together the life of Jesus. And they just tell about uh, many, many miracles and many parables and things like that. But the gospel of John is very different. There's not a single parable in the Gospel of John, and there are only seven miracles. And those seven miracles, he doesn't call them miracles. He calls them signs. And the first one we looked at was the turning water into wine at a wedding feast in Cana of Galilee. And the Bible said this first sign that Jesus did so that his disciples would believe on him. And every one of these signs is designed to help people believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And so we're going to actually look at the second sign today. And this is in John chapter 4. He has just had an encounter with this Samaritan woman. And uh, the Samaritan woman goes back into the village. She comes out bringing the whole village with her. And she said, you've got to come and hear a man who told me everything I ever did. And, of course, he didn't tell her everything she ever did, but he told her enough of what she did that she knew she needed a Savior, and she trusted in him as the Messiah. As far as we know, she's the first person who actually recognized him as the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. And so uh, the people came out, many Samaritans, this is verse 39, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony that he told me all that I ever did. And then... So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two more days. And many more believed because of his word, because of his teaching, because of what he said. And they said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. What a, and these are Samaritan people. Jesus had been ministering to Jewish people, and they wouldn't believe. They actually rejected him, pushed him away. He goes to Samaria, and these people who were kind of outcasts, and nobody had much to do with them, they listened to him, and they believed in what he, and who he was and what he said. And then after two days, he departed for Galilee, for Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. So when he, when he came to Galilee, 
The Galileans actually welcomed him, but they did not welcome him as the Son of God. They welcomed him as a miracle worker because they had heard about the things that he had done in Jerusalem and at the feast, for they too had gone to the feast. And then, verse 46, we get introduced to this next sign. So he came again to Cana in Galilee where he had made the water into wine. And at Capernaum there was an official whose son was ill. And by the way, this word official here means that he actually served in the court of Herod. This is the same Herod who later would have John the Baptist beheaded. It's the same Herod who later would actually ask of Jesus to perform some kind of tricks or miracles and Jesus wouldn't speak to him. Jesus never answered a word to Herod. And Herod's the one that sent him back to Pilate so that he could be condemned to be crucified. And so this man was an official in the court of King Herod. And, and, uh, and his son was ill. I tell you, and he must have been just, he didn't just have a bad cold. His son was deathly ill. His son was at the point of dying, and he was desperate. And I, I don't know, it doesn't say, but maybe he had tried to get doctors and other people to come and look at him, but nothing, nothing. They couldn't do anything. And so when he heard that Jesus had come from Judea into Galilee, he went to him, and he asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So this was a deathly disease of some kind that the boy had. And boy, we'll do just about anything, won't we, when our sons or daughters are in serious shape. And, uh, and this man had heard about Jesus. That's interesting. Here he's an official in the court of Herod, and he's going to go to a carpenter from Galilee and ask him to come to his home and heal his son. I thought about that this week. It would be like maybe somebody that was uh, in, in a high position, maybe in the office of the governor, coming to a, to a plumber who, had, who was noted for preaching the gospel and, and asking him, could you come? Because Jesus at this point wasn't really recognized as a, as a, as a rabbi, he, as a, a religious figure. He was a carpenter from Galilee. And so this official comes to him and he says, Will you please come to my home and heal my son? And he thought somehow or another he had the idea that if, the, if this man could turn water into wine, that he must have the power of God in his life in such a way that he could also heal his son. Now, we know that Jesus did many, many other miracles. Now, this, this is not just the second miracle that he did because when Nicodemus came to Jesus in John chapter 3, he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a man sent from God because nobody could do the things that you do 
unless God was with him. So Jesus had already performed many other miracles that the other Gospels tell us about, but John just focuses in on these seven miracles. And so this official said, Sir, will you come? My son is at the point of death. And Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And it's interesting that you here in the Greek is in is plural. It's like he's not just talking to this to this nobleman. He's talking to the crowd. He's talking to the Jewish people around him. He said, "This is this is the way you you people are. You've got to see signs and wonders and miracles. You won't believe just because I tell you who I am." And then the official said to him, "I mean, he said, well, Lord, I." I don't know anything to say except please come down before my son dies. He said, I'm just, I'm desperate. And I, whether I see signs and miracles or whatever, I believe you have the power to help my son. Amen. And then Jesus said to him, Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. Now, we find out later that this was about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Cana and Capernaum are about 15 miles apart. It takes about three hours of fast walking to get from Cana to Capernaum. And you could get there faster if you were to jog a little bit at a time. And so Jesus said to him, Go. Your son will live. Now here's an amazing thing. The father didn't go. He didn't go back home. He stayed, spent the night in Cana, and the next day he went back to his home. And I've often wondered, you know, I think if it had been me, Jeff, it had been you, and you were 15 miles away, you'd have probably been going as fast as you could. And uh, if I had to rent a Uber donkey or something like that, I think I would, have, I would have tried to get home to see my son. But he didn't. Now, I don't know exactly why. I'm thinking it's just speculation. I'm thinking he may have gone to the hardware store or the academy or something like that and bought a baseball glove for his son. Or maybe he bought him a skateboard or something like that or whatever they had equivalent to that in that day. And somebody says, well, what are you getting this way? He said, well, I'm getting this for my son. And I'm going to go home tomorrow and I'm going to give this to him and we're going to play some ball or we're going to do this or that. And... uh I don't know that he did that, but for some reason, he didn't go right straight home. And the only thing I could imagine is that he was so certain that his son was going to be okay that he, uh, that he stayed in town long enough to maybe get some things to take to his son as a, as a I'm glad you're well gift. Now, again, I don't know that for sure. But the man believed 
He believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went on his way. He didn't go home, though. But then the next day, as he was going down, his servants met him, and they told him that his son was recovering. It's amazing. Your son, when you left, we thought your son was going to die before you could get back. But he's actually okay now. And so he asked them, what time was it when he began to get better? And they said it was yesterday at 1 o'clock. Yesterday at the seventh hour, that's 1 o'clock p.m. And the fever left him right then. And the father knew that that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. That's just amazing to me. And he believed. And all of his household believed. And, th and again, this is the whole purpose of the Gospel of John, is that people might believe. That they might believe that Jesus is who he said he was. And here was a desperate situation. And a man came to the right place. He came to Jesus and said, all he said was, just Jesus, my son is desperately ill and he's going to die. If you don't come and help me. And Jesus just said, go home. Your boy's okay. One o'clock in the afternoon. And the man, the next day, starts home. And he meets his servants as they're coming from Capernaum. And they say, good news for you. Your son is okay. What time did he get better? said it was at one o'clock yesterday the fever just left him and it was so dramatic that we actually noticed the time one o'clock the fever just left him and the man said that was the very time that Jesus said to me go home your son will live and and the man believed now it says he believed what did he believe he didn't just believe that Jesus was a miracle worker. He believed that Jesus was divine, that he was the Son of God, and that his word could be trusted. He believed the word of Jesus. Let me just... None of us have ever seen or touched Jesus. Now, there may be times that we've kind of felt his touch, but we've actually never seen him with our eyes. We've never handled him with our hands as the apostles did. And yet, we believe. Why do we believe? What do we believe? We believe because the Word of God accurately tells us about Jesus, the Son of God. And everything that we believe about Jesus is because it's in this book. It's in, it's in the Bible. Amen. And that is the gospel message. The gospel is that we tell people the word that God has communicated. And if they will believe, their life will be radically changed. God sent his son, his only son, into the world. That whoever believes in him will not perish, 
but have everlasting life. So what does it mean to believe? Well, obviously it means more than just agreeing with certain historical facts. It means to put our trust, our life, our hopes, everything into Jesus. To believe in him is to actually rest our whole weight, our whole future on him. And there are many people who believe in their head, but that belief never translates into commitment, dedication, and love for Christ. And there are people who believe, just like these Galileans that welcomed Jesus when he came, they didn't receive him. They just said, we're glad you're here. The Bible says, as many as received him, that is, believed on him, really took him in, to them he gave the power, the right, to be called the sons of God. So I just want to say that the word of God, you see, this, this official said, I believe because of his word. When I pick up my Bible and begin to read my Bible, I realize these are not just the thoughts of men 2,000 years ago or 4,000 years ago. This is the absolute current word of God. There's never been a time in my lifetime where the Bible has been attacked any more viciously than it is today. And there are fewer people in America today who would say they believe the Bible is the Word of God. And yet it is the only source that we have for faith. And I would just say to myself and to all of us here today that you must be in the Word. When I first came to Ovilla down here, the first year I was there, I preached every Sunday for the first year on one basic theme, that is the Bible is the trustworthy, revealed, inerrant, infallible Word of God. And that's what I build my life on. I build my life, my hope is based on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. The only way I know about Jesus' blood and righteousness is in the Word of God. And God wants us to believe. He wants you to believe. And he says, unless you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. But this man said, you just say the Word, and I'll believe. And he just spoke the Word. And the Samaritans... Jesus didn't perform any miracles in Samaria that we're told of anyway. And yet they said, we believe because we have heard him speak with our own ears. We just take him at his word. And I would just appeal to you today, believe God's word. Trust him. Believe in him. That all who believe in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Do you believe? Do you believe? Who do you believe that Jesus is? 
Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some say that you're John the Baptist. Or some say you're Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. But he said, well, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, because of that kind of faith, because of that statement of belief, because of that confident faith, then I tell you, you are like a rock. This, this statement of confession is a rock, and I'll build my church on it, and the gates of hell will not be able to withstand it. So the question is, do you believe? Have you trusted, believed in the Lord Jesus Christ? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be rescued. You will be saved. Deny him or doubt him, and you will perish. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. Let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this story. Lord, I've just kind of lived in the skin of this uh, court official this last week as I've thought about the desperation that he must have felt when he watched his son get worse and worse and worse and realized that he was at the point of death. And then how foolish others may have thought he was that he would go to an itinerant carpenter preacher and ask for help. And yet it was in that asking and it was in that hearing and it was in that believing that he came back home to find that his son was completely healed. And Father, we also are desperate. And we know that apart from you, we are helpless and even hopeless. And I pray for those here today who have struggled in their life, they've faced issues, and they say, is anyone able to help? May they come to Jesus and say, because of your word, I believe. And in believing that they might have forgiveness of sin and eternal life. And I ask it in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen. Now, I know I've asked the question several times, do you believe? Now, I'm going to give you an opportunity. We're going to sing an invitation song. And if you would like to come today and say, I want to put my trust my faith, my confidence in Jesus alone, then you come. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us, and let us get to know you. Have a great week, and may the Lord richly bless you.